Why are you so nervous, Marcus? It's all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> good day, chick. And I'll just say, right back at him, I'll say, good day, toots. Did the t- boys take the piss out of it? Yes, we did, but we all did enjoy it. Winnie boy, what's happening, mate? How's your weekend? We're back, episode 90. What a weekend of footy. Mate, what a blast to start <laughs> off the podcast. I didn't expect the intro to work out like that. But, mate, it was a great weekend. Uh, still a little bit tired. You and I went to a picnic yesterday to see Peggy Goo perform. And uh, safe to say we're probably both a little too old for those sorts of events. Oh, mate, to be honest, I would have enjoyed a picnic on that hill, to be honest. Man, my back is absolutely cooked. I needed to sit down from that. Um, a lot of a lot of standing. I mean, standing up for five hours straight and... Moving, moving your hips as you do. You had some some serious moves in front of me. Man, my, 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 I can't even speak. My hips are loose. Let me just put it that way. My hips are loose, and uh, they don't lie. I was, uh, I was <laughs> oh, loving, geez. I was loving the dancing last oh, night. It was going bit all right. Bit of Shakira about it, um, but no, big fan of Peggy Goo. So it was a long time yeah, coming waiting to see her. It's been yeah. a couple of years now. So yeah, um, it's not everyone's cup of tea that type of music. But I, I don't mind Peggy. So it was, no, uh, it was, was good, good. To, good to get out there and um, yeah. See that? No, nah, it was great. It was a lot of people. Like it was, it was jam packed. Thirteen thousand, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was, it was a great, great day out. Well, finished it. Yeah, well, didn't even finish too late, so it was pretty good. But um, a bit tired this morning, getting to work. But definitely felt it. Um, early start for me this morning, and uh, yeah, with the late finish and all that, it was it was a bit tricky to get up. But it's all part of it, mate. It's all That's part it. and parcel. You have a bit of fun. You get to suffer a little bit at the end, don't you? Exactly right. And we both missed our teams games yesterday. Um, maybe. Positive for one, negative for the other, but we'll, we'll touch on them yeah, a bit we'll, later. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. We'll get to that. No need to, yeah. But uh, but no, it was a great weekend of footy, round three. Um, this is where you sort of start to see some, you know, some patterns emerge and, you know, the, the 0-3 teams are, you know, they're, they're in more trouble. Like, it, it looks worse from now than, you know, it did. You can probably get away with things when you're 0-1, 0-2, but when you're 0-3, it makes it really difficult. And then <coughs> the teams that are undefeated as well are... Are starting to um to really show how good they are. So it's um it's good. It's yeah the the season's slowly taking shape already, and yeah you can already see who the who the good teams are going uh, who the good teams are and who the who the bad teams are. And geez, there was some interesting performances from from a couple. But um but one team that couldn't afford to go zero and three, and that was the Western Bulldogs. And I knew they wouldn't. They had to get the win, and they did against a. A very good Sydney team. I have to say, you did call it last week. I was very bullish on the Swans being uh, three and zip and making the Bulldogs go zero and three. But yeah, you're right. You called it. You said the dogs were going to get up. They couldn't do it and they didn't. So impressive stuff. It was good to see them put on a performance like that. They needed it, I think, for their own confidence, their fans' confidence as well. But they got over the line. It was it was actually a really good game of footy as well. Yeah, it was. It was a quality game. I, yeah, but they, they were too good to be 0-3 and... Um, it would have been tough for him to to claw back, and you know everyone's expecting him to finish top four, which I still think they can do. Um, but yeah, I think to win like they did against the Sydney team that's been red hot was was great, and yeah, great game of footy, and the Bont was sort of slowly getting back to his best as well. So um, yeah, great game. I think the only negative from the game, and tell me what your thoughts are, but the Bulldogs' inaccuracy it was nine seventeen they kicked yep. for the day. I mean. I know there's a classic saying, you won't get away with that against good team, but they did, clearly, mm. but that's not going to happen every week. I think that's something they've definitely got to look at. Yeah, for sure. I thought you were going to um, mention the umpiring in that game. It was pretty, well, pretty y- lobsided. Too. Yeah, I, th- I bash the umpires enough. I don't need to <laughs> dwell on them too too much more than I already do. Yeah. But yeah, the, the lopsided number of free kicks that went towards the Bulldogs and not the Swans was ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a tough one. So I won't, won't get you too fired up too early. Um, Save it. <laughs> the showdown, though, the night uh, on the Friday night was um, arguably the greatest ever showdown. Me personally, I think that was unbelievable. It was a, another quality game of footy, and the Crows looked done. And then, lo and behold, Jordan Dawson. That what, what were you thinking when you saw that? I thought he missed. And then it swung back at the last second and it was, the crowd went absolutely nuts. That had no right going through the big six. That should have missed. Yeah. I mean, looking at that angle, you uh, yeah, uh, like you it said, was, straight away off the boot, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, well, Port's, Port's finally got the win they've been looking for. Yep. And somehow they've found a way to just, well, he's found a way to bend it in and it was yep. absolutely bananas. But I think this showdown needed to be the quality that it was because I think people were sort of starting to get a little bit over the showdown. It's gotten to that point where it's a little bit lackluster. Don't say that to Kane Corns. Yeah, well, once up to Cornsy, but it's a little bit lackluster, and I think um, it needed to really be a big one, and it was. It didn't disappoint whatsoever. But one of the bigger things, apart from the you know the match winning goal, was Port 
what were the yeah, Adrians on zero and three? They're in big trouble. I think that their early season, you know, that that loss to Hawthorne probably not as surprising now after that. Um, yeah, they, they should be beating it. They're a much better team than Adelaide. Um, so they, they definitely should have won that. And 0-3, and they've got Melbourne this week. I think they've got Melbourne, then Carlton. So they're playing two undefeated teams two weeks in a row. So they're, they're in a bit of trouble, Port. Um, can't see them. Jeez, it's going to take a big turnaround for them to really, you know, get into that premiership contention into the top four. But, gee, they're in, they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, then, then you can't be happy with where you're sitting in that position, especially how many prelims in a row have they made now? A couple? Yep. A couple of these, and they haven't been able to get there with home prelims. So I guess this was the year they were probably thinking, nah, we're going all the way. Like, we have to. We absolutely have to. And then to start the year zero and three, it, it, you can still recover from this. It's not the end of the season for them, but they're definitely going to have some, you know, some question marks raised, especially the thumping to Hawthorne last week, who are a rebuilding side. And then losing to Adelaide, who are also a rebuilding side, albeit after the siren, but it shouldn't have been that close yeah. of a margin to begin with. A couple of injuries, but none, I think, that warrant, like not enough to warrant, I think, the results that they've been showing. No. So what? they've got Aaliyah out, Charlie Dixon. They're two big outs. Huge. Has Boat been but, out as well? Or am I no, Boat's playing. So their midfield's almost untouched. It's just those key pillars. Dersma got dropped, so that's a, that's a huge one. <laughs> I know, Matt, you love him. Yeah, love Zerzma. Nah, Charlie Dixon out is, is huge for him. It really um, stuffs up their forward line. And then Ali, as we saw last year, was an All-Australian. Um, is, yeah, very good down back. So, but yeah, they're going to, yeah, I mean, Melbourne, this, as I said, Melbourne this week, Carlton the next, it's going to be a tough. If they go 0-5, their season's definitely done, I'd say. You don't see anybody recovering from an 0-5 no. start. So, but, and it's looking likely to happen. Yep, for sure. Um. The Cats on fr- uh, Saturday night, sorry, against the Pies. Well, this game had everything. Another classic game uh, over the weekend. Collingwood looked, they looked home. I thought that, here we go, Collingwood are the real deal this year. They're smashing Geelong. They're what, I think they, was it 40 points in the third? Something, it was close to it. They were, they had a, a fair margin in that third quarter. And then Geelong went bananas in that last quarter. Jeremy Cameron, I think he kicked four goals in the last quarter, ended up with six. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy finish. Well, three-quarter time, they were 30 points up, yep. which in most scenarios, that's a win. Like, you don't yep. normally lose a 30-point And the way they were playing Collingwood, too, they were oh, on fire. Exactly right. I, it's almost like Geelong just realised what was happening and thought, well, nah, we can't lose this. It's Joel Selwood's special night. We've just got to pull one out of the bag here. And yep. they absolutely did, and they turned it on. And as a Collingwood fan, I'd be, yeah, I'd be pulling my hair out, I reckon, after watching that match. It was Not that they... I don't even think they necessarily did anything wrong. It was just Geelong was so good in that last quarter that there wasn't much any team could have done to stop them in that form. No, no way. They were, they were elite. They, their movement was so quick and momentum such a hard... As we've seen, this momentum is a very hard thing to stop in 2022. So they had it all. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeremy Cameron was was huge, as I said before. And yeah, Joel Selwood was willing his team over the line. And one thing I did... Did you see the Selwood, Jack Ginevan... Stoush and then that big all-in brawl, I think it was in the third quarter. I did see that. I yeah. did see that. It's oh. funny that Joel Selwood doesn't like players ducking. Yeah. That's that's weird. I wonder. Well, I, I can't understand why that would ever bother someone. Yeah. But at the same time... What a cat. Jack Ginevan, though, with the, his platinum blonde hair. and Not sure. I mean, <sighs> Kane Corns was getting stuck into him, but after seeing like the way he's... I don't know. He's just one of those players where it's just like, geez, you'd love to, you'd love to belt him. Yeah, as an opposition yeah. player, you'd probably you'd probably be you know looking to target him just because he brings it on himself. But we touched about it before. It's personality in the game, which yeah, it's it, well, it's such a fine line because you know you show no personality, you know you're boring. You show too much personality, you're a bit of a douchebag. And mm. I, I'm one that you know falls into that basket in the sense that I don't like Xavier Dersma because there's the bow and arrow thing. But that's personality. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, it, a lot of people pick and choose, and I know I'm I'm guilty of doing the same thing, but. I don't mind Jack Ginnivan. I mean, I'm sure when Richard and play Collingwood, I'll, I'll absolutely hate him. Mm. Um, but I don't mind what he's doing. But, yeah, I mean, you can see why people do get frustrated with him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sparked that all-in brawl. And um, it was crazy. There was, um, I think, Collingwood ended up getting, yeah, so they kicked a goal, free kick, another goal. So they essentially um, got 12 points from one goal. So that was crazy. And, um, yeah, what a game. And then to see those Collingwood fans as well. I mean, oh. Yeah, we try to be a bit more. We're trying to be a bit more respectful to teams like Essendon and Collingwood this year. But geez, it's tough. But when they started chanting that Collingwood thing, and then 
see them lose like the way they did was uh, was pretty funny. Well, yeah, it's hard not to have a bit of a chuckle. I mean, like I'm not in the best position to do so <laughs> at the moment, but it, yeah, it is always pretty funny to see one of the big four clubs lose, especially when they're a big rival. Um, and the arrogance that they were probably showing when they were mm. 30 points up thinking we've got this comfortably. So it was the one time I don't mind seeing Geelong have a big win like that because um, it was, yeah, it was something different. But you mentioned it before, Kane Corns. Did you see what he, the, the tweet he put out? I haven't actually, no. So Kane Corns tweeted out to Collingwood and said after the game, Collingwood, who gets the GoPro? <laughs> Which I, lo- I don't mind that back and forth banter between the yeah. club and Kane Corns. I know it's a lot to do with Jack Ginnivan and Cornsy, but... I don't mind that back and forth banter. But another thing he said, and I actually disagree with this, and I want to know what your thoughts are. Kane Cord said that um, Ginevan hadn't established himself enough as a player to be targeting someone like Joel, uh, as respected as Joel Selwood yet. I think the complete opposite. I think that a young player should be targeting those big dogs because that's how you make a name for yourself. Mm. I mean, you don't you don't make a name for yourself by you know targeting other first gamers or first season players. You, you go after these big guys and you try and match it with them and that's how you get better and that's how you make a name for yourself. So I think the exact opposite of Kane Corns when he says you're not a big enough name yet. Well, how do you become a big name? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I don't... You yeah, think I don't Joel Sell, yeah, became a big name by just... No, absolutely. Know, I mean, so many... so many. I mean, young players get lauded for showing confidence and, and doing things that not a lot of young players would do. And, and I think if he's going to... I mean, good on him for having a crack. I like, I like, I like his competitiveness. I like the way, um, you know, he's yeah, he's got no fear really. He just looks like an absolute pest on the field. Like I feel like playing against him, you'd you'd really hate him. That but, Hayden Ballantyne type. Yeah, exactly. But as a Collingwood fan, you know, you'd you'd, you'd love it. You'd love that, wouldn't you? Oh, hundred yeah. percent, you would. Because I know if he was on Richmond's list, I'd be loving it. Yeah, exactly. So, no, nah, good on him. I, I like his I like his arrogance and his confidence, but. Um, yeah, he just looks like an annoying player to me. Anyway, that's that's my gripe. So, um, but play on. Um, also on that Saturday night, the Lions did an absolute number on the Kangaroos, and I mean, it says a lot about both teams. I think Brisbane are obviously going to be top two, top definitely top four this season by the looks of things early on, and then North, they look like they're going to be bottom two easily. Well, I don't, this stage. I don't see Brisbane losing a game at the Gabba this year. No. So that's that's one. I think they've really turned it into that fortress they've been wanting it to be now. And I can't see them losing a game up there. But yeah, North Melbourne, I mean, far cry from the celebrating team they were after beating a, a half-manned West Coast side last week, um, thinking they're on top of the world. And, you know, good on them for celebrating, but probably could have t- you know calmed it down a notch, especially because they only really beat a top-up team. Um, and this is a real wake-up call. But I, I really did... Um, did enjoy what, what the coach said after the game. I don't know if you heard it. David Noble. David Noble. Yeah. Um, I was careful there because I said John Noble yeah. last week, so <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring it out. Um, yeah, what David Noble said, how he said we should be embarrassed as a club from the staff, the admin, players, everything, because it's just not acceptable from on any level. Mm. And I think as a fan, that's what you want to hear. I mean, coaches get criticised a lot for beating around the bush and saying, I know you were upset with Carlton coaches in the past for doing this, where it's like, yeah, look, we lost, but we're good in this area and this area. It's we like won the inside 50s. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to hear... I mean, yeah, obviously you want to look at some of the positives, but when you've lost by over 100 points, there's no positives. Nah. I don't care if you did win the inside 50s or you won, you know, um, clearances or whatever it was. If you've lost by 100 points, it's embarrassing. And to hear David Noble come out and say it straight out, I think that's what you want to hear as a fan. It's like, yeah, you know what? It is embarrassing, and I'm glad the club knows it because, you know, maybe they'll do something about it now. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Oh, those uh, those phone lines would have been running hot at the North Melbourne Footy Club um, this morning. And you got out just in time. I mean, I don't want to say it, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not uh, not there at the moment. That would have been a a tough tough morning for for the membership crew, and I think it's going to be a tough week, really. So they haven't. I mean, they definitely haven't set. I mean, they beat West Coast last week, but that turns out to only one by a couple of goals. That's looking worse and worse considering how West Coast played yesterday as well. So. Yeah, they're not. I mean, you could say North aren't in a good place, but I think we all know where North's at. Where they're a rebuilding team, they're going to take some time. But I think everyone sort of expected a little bit of improvement from them. I yeah. think we looked at North in a similar way that we're looking at Adelaide and Hawthorne now, in the sense that both rebuilding clubs, but actually impressing and doing mm. some good things. Whereas North haven't done either of those yet. No. They're rebuilding, sure, but they haven't shown any good signs from what I've seen. No, they haven't really been. I mean, they'll. They lost to, to Hawthorne by a couple of goals in round one. Um, so that that's probably their most competitive game. I, 
you can almost not even count the West Coast game, just considering what West Coast had on the park. And then this game, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a bad start, but I, th- I, I rate no- Noble as a coach, and I think they'll, I think they'll bounce back. They'll eventually get it together, but yeah, tough start for, for the young Roos. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> the Blue Vegas. Well, I think before we touch on the Hawthorne Carlton game over the weekend, which I know you're very eager to talk about, Marcus, we're gonna we're gonna bring in a special guest, the first uh, guest we've had for this season in terms of. The fans, um, it's not a, not, not a cooter, but it's, a, it's one it's of our first fan, fan. It's the first fan <laughs> guest we've had for the year, which we've been looking forward to getting them back on and couldn't think of a better way super to start fan. the year with, that's it, super fan um, and none other than Nick Content. Nick, welcome to the Pressure Point Podcast, mate. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you very much for having me, Quinn and Marcus. It is an absolute pleasure. Mate, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but um, we'll talk about how we know each other. Obviously, you and I went to school together. Um, so we've obviously known each other through that way. But then uh, you you went down to the Elsimig Football Club, which is, as the listeners would know, where Marcus and I now play football, and that's how you got to know Marcus as well. Tell us a bit about your time at the Wicks. You've been there for a few seasons now, haven't you? Yeah, so um, went down to the Wicks in 2016. Uh, me, Glocker, um, Drew. Um, you know, just three BLR boys just wanting to, um, yeah, I guess change teams. And um, main driver for me, um, to go to Alston was, of course, because uh, my dad um, had played there and it happened the um, senior side back when he played. So he played 200-odd games. Um, and, you know, my uncle um, and my other uncle, so dad's two um, brothers also, played at the club. So it was awesome to be able to um, head down there with um, Drizzle and Glocks and then just to see um, the growth and um, all of the other DLR boys and, um, you know, just guys that are out in our age bracket coming down just to have fun with their mates um, has been, you know, bloody awesome. So it's good to see. No, it's been huge. And obviously round one was just on the weekend and uh, lucky enough to pull uh, put on the jumper alongside you on the weekend. We had a good win, which is a good start to the season. You must be pretty yeah. stoked with that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's always um, good to start the year with a big thumping. Um, so we've, we've obviously um, carried our form into um, Division 3. Um, which is good. Um, it was, you know, the, the first half, they, uh, like, we were on top of them, but it was still quite physical. And then I guess we just ran away with it in the second half. So it was good to, um, yeah, for the, all of us to be consistent um, throughout the day and just, yeah, run over the top of them. And it was a good day for the club as well with, um, you know, the women's, um, the resies, the seniors and thirds all playing on the same ground. So, yeah, awesome to kick off round one in that way. Perfect. What What are your honest thoughts on on Quinn's performance on the weekend? He, <laughs> he we tells go. me he did all right in his uh, in your senior, you know senior debut. I did. I did like the Quindle's performance. I like <laughs> his, uh, and I'm not just saying it because he's invited me to the podcast. But um, I did. Li- I did like Quinn's uh, forward pressure um, in the forward line. I thought he's a, a little uh, little nippy nippy bloke down there. So he, um, you know, puts puts on um, good pressure and um, yeah, manages to sneak a few goals. Um. Yeah, every so often, which is good. I appreciate that, mate. You put a little bit too much emphasis on me being little, but I take <laughs> it either way. I appreciate that. You had a great game yourself, mate. We, look, Marcus is trying to have a little bit of a dig at me there with that question there. But what about this is rich from someone that can't even get on the park at the moment. So uh, we, we're going to try getting on the ground. I'm old. It's all right. I'll be, I'll be back there soon, mate. Don't Using worry. that as an excuse. Well, good. obviously, we'll talk about something then that Marcus can't relate to. And speaking of something Marcus can't relate to is we've both seen our club won, win numerous premierships and the Hawks obviously were probably the you know best team in the modern era. Tell, talk us through what it was like being a Hawthorne supporter through that time period. I know there's a, for our group of mates anyway, there's a famous uh, moment where you're on TV going absolutely bananas at one of the umpires when you guys, I'm pretty sure, were six goals up in a grand final. But tell me what it was like for you yeah. watching the Hawks win all those flags. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. Um, you know, um, some, you know, for most people, it's a once in a lifetime thing. So very fortunate to be able to, um, see four of them and, um, you know, and I just got to give, give credit to, um, you know, dad for always, you know, just having our memberships on the go and, you know, buying all the tickets and taking us along to all the finals, all the grand finals. And, um, I guess just, getting to experience, you know, Luke Hodge taking away two, Norm Smith, um, Surioli taking his, and even Brian Lake um, when he joined the club, getting a Norm Smith that year. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic time to be a fan. Um, it was, 
it was just you, you're just witnessing greatness, um, you know, in it's just yeah, in 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 itself. So um, yeah, it was very very exciting. Um, and yeah, I've probably watched the 08 grand final about 20 times. I've probably watched the third quarter about 50 times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I reckon I reckon 2014 takes the cake for me when um, yeah, what what you were alluding to before when. It wasn't. It wasn't an umpire. I was my shit at it. Was actually um, Lance Franklin when he kicked it out on the full in the third quarter. I just happened to be, happened to be caught on uh, TV four rows from the front giving him the double bird. Um, so that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something um, that everyone caught on to relatively quickly. I'm going to track down this footage. I want to see this. You should have should have uh, <laughs> should have showed me before we got him on. I've got to try find it myself. <laughs> we were all at one of the boys' places that day, and when we just switched on, we see Cons on the TV, and we're all going, "Oh, look at him! Look at him! He's going absolutely off!" But that's yeah. right. I forgot it was about Buddy. But uh, no, no, fair enough. He left fair. the club, so all, all fair play. All fair play. Beautiful. What about so? I mean, you're saying you've seen 2008 a fair bit. Would you say that that's your favourite premiership you've seen out of out of the? I mean, you've, you've got a fair bit to choose from. You say, oh wait, the first one's the the best one. Um, I think, or probably because 2008, I was only 12 years old, so I still appreciate it. But I think, I think 2014 takes the cake. I think we came in as we just beaten, um, we just beaten Port Adelaide um, in a prelim where we're up by about five goals going into the fourth quarter, and we nearly lost the prelim. Um, and then, you know, Sydney were coming in pretty red hot, and just the performance from the boys, and just the physicality, and just how aggressive we were all day, and just the like put on that scoreboard pressure was just um yeah just great to be a part of so that that takes the cake for me just that whole round of performance but um i mean in that in that time period of where we were you know making making grand finals and um winning them definitely the greatest game i've ever been to was that 2013 um preliminary final against geelong when we beat them uh for the first time since the 08 grand final so that was very special to be there um and witness that life yeah, it sounds amazing. I mean, I'm so jealous just hearing all this and you two, you, all your yeah. flags and stuff. But um, but <laughs> let's, let's let's move on to the the modern day Hawks and um, yeah. you know, things are a bit different now. You, you know, you're not at your, your your glory days as what you used to be. How how would you yeah. how would you sum up the way the Hawks have been? I'd say let's say over the last twelve months. You know, with Clarko leaving, Sam Mitchell taking over. How would you um yeah? How's the experience as a Hawthorne fan these days? Um, I guess I guess exciting, but just inconsistent. And I guess you're going to get that inconsistency with you know you've got a bunch of young talent coming through, so um, you know they've not not at I guess not at that um, maturity level yet where they're able to string along um, you know those consistent games week in week out. Last year um, you know was really really inconsistent, but you know had shown promising signs. And I think coming into this year, I know we're only three three rounds in, but you know, CJ having Sicily back, uh, Will Day, Scrimshaw, like our back, our back line, and it, you know, chucking um, Frost in there as well. Like our back line is really, really strong, um, and I'm just really liking the way that we're playing footy at the moment. Um, it's exciting. Um, we've got our youngest team since 2005. Um, we're competing really well. Like to be 41 points down yesterday, um, and just to fight back, um, and you know, get in front and then just lose. Um, in the last little bit there. Um, super proud of the effort. And I think Sam Mitchell is doing wonders, especially for the younger kids. Um, you know, how it all went down with Clark, I wasn't too pleased about. But, um, you know, that's out of our, our control as supporters. But I think Mitchell just has a way of, um, you know, connecting with the younger group. I think I saw this story where, or heard about this story where CJ was, um, you know, playing Box Hill. And, um, you know, he just Mitchell brought him into his, office or whatever and just said just looked him dead straight in the eyes like why you know why the hell aren't you playing senior footy um and I think he's just he's able to pose those type of questions to the younger blokes and make them really think about you know you know are they putting in all the work they need to be putting in and just I guess is that motivated for him so um yeah I think he's absolutely the right man in charge for this um young group of boys which would be good yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you couldn't have said anything. But off, off, I completely agree with all that. And I guess, well, you touched on yesterday's game. How, how did you, I mean, yeah, it was a, a bloody good effort from the Hawks to, you know, 41 points down against a Carlton team that was that was very hot early and they've been in some ripping form. Mm. How, how would you, like, do you see that as a, you know, a, a disappointing that you, you still lost by a point or do you see that as, as more progress being made to a, a pretty strong start to the season? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's you know it's, it's disappointing in the moment, but it's definitely more progress that's been made. Like you look, I just you, you look back to um, you know I guess the success that we had in those premiership years. It's like you know 2000 and, um, 2010 we lost the semi final to Kangaroos. 2011 we just lost the um, prelim to um, Collingwood. Um, 2012 we lost the Granny to um, Sydney. Um, and I know it's a completely different scale, but these types of losses um, can do wonders for the club. And at least the boys know now that, you know, you know you're 41 points, you've got your back against the wall, um, but at least they know that they've got that side in them. Um, and I think it would have given them that much more confidence that they had going in that they are um, up to the challenge when their backs are against the wall. Uh, would have been good to get the chockies. Um, it wasn't the case, but... You know, when we do when we do have another game like that, and we do um, get over the line, um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna um, yeah do do the boys you know big big things for their confidence. Uh, but no, it's good good to see how the baggers are going. Um, you know, the Blues are very very exciting at the moment. Um, you know, just being there yesterday, their first quarter was bloody unreal. Um, Bloody Chris Marinas, if he's listening to this, wouldn't shut his mouth. Um, <laughs> I think someone, someone, someone at halftime just sewed his lips shut, and he did not say a word from halftime onwards until the final siren. So it was good to have him shut up for a bit. But um, no, the, the baggers were great; they were impressive. Um, but yeah, it's just good to see the Hawkers um, put up a fight with them. No, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can take away from I, if at least the first few games. The fight has been enormous and a lot of rebuilding clubs tend to just sort of roll over and go, well, we're rebuilding, just let that happen. But you guys just seem to still want to really desperately win games of footy. It doesn't matter where you are yeah. in the lighter compared to the other team, which is great. And you saw that the week before with the win against Port Adelaide over there. I mean, we were ones that didn't really give you guys a chance to beat Port Adelaide in Adelaide and you guys just came out and absolutely thumped them. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, before we let you go, the, the, the last couple of days have been a bit of news around Cyril Rioli. I'm not sure how much you've read into this because it's only pretty recent news about yeah. him having some um, racial allegations against the club, saying he felt a little bit segregated and all that. Have you read too much into that? And what are your, what are your thoughts on the whole Cyril situation? No, I kind of read um, bits and pieces of an article that was put up on Saturday. Um, you know, it's, it's, my take on it is, is that I haven't dug too deep into it, but it is disappointing. Like, Cyril is an absolute legend. Um, of our club and for him to come out and make statements where, um, you know, he felt as though he wasn't, um, you know, supported by the club or supported in the, in the, in the sense that just, I guess, the, the cultural awareness wasn't, um, well, isn't, um, up to scratch. Um, and, you know, to make him and his family, um, I guess feel that they, you know, don't want to put their hand out for a, for a club where, you know, he matured into an AFL player and a great one at that. Um, yeah, is extremely disappointing from, you know, a Hawthorne Football Club perspective and hopefully, um, you know, the right people can kind of mend those fences and, um, yeah, and they can, um, you know, kind of build that relationship back with the club because you don't want to, you don't want to hear that from your legends. I think, you know, he, he was one of my favourite players and I'm sure he was um, um, a favourite player to a lot of other, um, a lot of other blokes and, you know, girls and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing. So hopefully, um, over time, that that um, yeah, that that thing gets mend, and um, yeah, you know, it's, um, it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, he's a Hawthorne legend. He's a Hawthorne man. So it'd be a shame if um, if things weren't patched up there. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we uh, before we let you go, Collins, we uh, we're doing our our favourite segments. They're called the pressure cooker. It'd be the first one for a fan this season. So I'm not <laughs> sure if you've heard them before, but um, just a, a couple of quick fire questions before we finish off, and uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap up. So I'll uh, I'll kick us off here. If you had to delist one player on your team, who would it be? Ooh, at the moment, oh god, one player. Um... From the senior side, uh, Finn McGuinness hasn't hasn't um, done enough yet. Matt, love that. If you could add one player from another list, who would it be? From any other club? Uh, Chuck Tom, Tom Lynch in there. We need to keep forward. Interesting. Yeah, love yeah. that choice. Love that choice. <laughs> Big daddy. <laughs> um, which team do you love beating the most? Oh, which team I love beating the most? It would have to be. It would have to be Geelong. Absolutely. I thought that might yeah, be. I would have been disappointed yeah. if you said anything else. 
And the last yeah. question, and arguably the most important question, who's your favourite Pressure Point co-host? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go with, um, and no, um, no, if buts or, um, no doubt about this, but it's absolutely Marcus. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Yes. I think I'm well, down on the tally now yeah, again. I think that's at two zip for the year. So yeah, this beautiful. is this isn't a good start to the year. But all right, mate, it's been uh, yeah. Look, let's get him off the air. We've had enough. We've had enough. Nah, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, we'll. It's been good to get some uh, more Hawthorne representation on the podcast because we've probably been liking it a little bit. And uh, I thought when we thought who's Hawthorne, I went straight to you. I know you know you love your Hawks and you've been a big fan of them for yeah. a long time. So it's been great to get your insight. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you jumping on. Awesome, boys. Thanks for having me, and all, all the best with the podcast. Thanks, no Cons. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Well, mate, how good was that? How good was that? Yes. It was uh, nice to have the Hawthorne perspective on. And I know you've got a little bit more to say about Carlton because you didn't really get much of a word in there as much as you would have liked. Content said some nice things about the Blues. but uh, had plenty of content, didn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> I might edit that out. That sucked. <laughs> Um, yeah, but give, give us your thoughts on the game. Obviously, the Blues 3-and-zip at the moment. Um, uncharted territory for Carlton supporters. In recent years, um, you'd be over the moon at the moment. And like we've said in the last couple of weeks, you're playing some really scary football at the moment. Yeah, that, that game yesterday was oh, a tale of two halves, really. That first quarter, I thought, like, we are a serious threat this year. Like, I thought, here we go. Like, we're, we're a massive shout to... To go to go some, some serious places this year. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think we... We definitely dropped off a little bit, but at the same time, I do think Hawthorne are a better team. So their their, their early season form is definitely proving to be correct. I think. Um, so they were showing the team that they that they're going to be. So that they were impressive as well. But and then it just turned into an arm wrestle after after three quarter time. Really, um, Hawthorne, yeah, really just chipped away at us. But yeah, for us to hold on and, and show that grit and end up holding on by a point was was super. Considering our back line had been decimated with. McGovern going out, Saad was a laid out with um, the health and safety protocols and Oscar McDonald went out. So three of our starting players in the back six went there and we had to debut a couple of young players. So it was, yes, backs against the wall to a certain extent with our injuries and um, for the boys to come out and do that and, and hold on and, and go three and zip was um, was great. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I still can't believe that we're three and zip and um, playing the way we are. It's, I mean... I can say it's hard to believe, but not really because we had to. Like we sort of expected Carlton to be a much better team this year, but yeah, to be three and zip and, and the way we're playing as well is um is it's great to watch and um yeah I'm definitely definitely buzzing about it. It's an exciting time to be a bagger and hopefully it can, it can continue. Someone's going to play devil's advocate here. Is there an issue the fact that you guys blew a forty-one point lead? I know it was a tale of two halves. Definitely, yeah. That's that's a that's a big margin to blow, and I know that's been an issue at Carlton in the past. Is that something you're concerned about going forward? I know a gentleman I work with at the moment, I'll shout him out, Tony Papa, his name is. He won't listen, I know. But he he was telling me today, he's, he's a big Carlton man, like diehard, classic um, Carlton supporter. And he was just saying how he's still not convinced because he said, like, teams don't blow 40-point leads. I disagree with him. I still think you guys are a great side. Um, but do you think it's an issue? Yes, absolutely. I mean... When we were 40 points up, I thought we were going to win by 60, 70 points. It was looking like at that stage. And then, yeah, and then it, it, it sort of felt like the old... I remember saying, oh, it felt like the old Carlton was back where we were... We, we, I thought we were going to lose. When Gunston kicked that goal, put him in front in the last quarter, I thought that was, that was it. They were running all over us. Um, but then at the same time, I think the old Carlton would have lost that game. So I feel like for us to hold on after getting absolutely... Um, run all over and um, a massive momentum shift in that game for us to hold on and and steady it um, is uh, yeah is, is something great and I think that's that's progress um, more than anything to be honest yes blowing a forty point lead is is bad but to still hold on and without the outs that we had I think is is a positive to take take from that no hundred percent I agree it definitely is a positive last year you guys would have blown that match exactly up, so it's definitely a yeah. step up in the right direction but yeah I had to. Had to play devil's advocate, mate. Can't be all positives. No, no, fair enough, mate. No, I mean, I was, I was not in a positive mindset uh, during that third quarter, fourth quarter. I was, uh, I was not well watching that, um, especially not watching it at the ground and at a at a mate's place with about fifteen or twenty other blokes that hate Carlton. So that was, um, that was a very tough watch yesterday. But glad we, uh, we got the win and 
and we move on and, and hopefully go four zip next week. So it's um nah, great start and we'll, we'll cherish every single win. Doesn't matter how we get them, Quinn. Isn't that right? That's it, mate. A win is a win. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, how many points you win by. But your mob didn't get the win and that is uh, the negative part of uh, of the weekend from both our teams. Run, uh, us, run us through that game yesterday against the Saints. Well, if you watch the first half of that game, it was actually one of the better games... Um, was shaping up to be one of the better games of the round. It was a really contested um, first half of footy, really high scoring as well. I think it was like eight goals apiece at halftime, which is, which is you know, really good. You want to see those high scoring games and we love that. And then St Kilda just sort of dismounted us and took us out of, it blew us away a little bit. I mean, we are up at three quarter time, but you could see the Saints were playing better footy. Um, and then they just, yeah, in the last quarter, they overrun us. Ben King kicked his four goals. They just, we were undisciplined again. Um, you know, giving away 50s for easy goals in the goal square that we didn't need to do. And I don't know, we just, we couldn't st- stop their momentum when they picked up on it. And that was really disappointing to see because that's something we've been known to be able to do is stop other teams' momentum with our pressure and our ability to hunt, which we did last week really well. So I gave, I had a lot of confidence we we're going to keep doing it. But nah, Saints were just too good on the day and yeah, ended up winning by 33 points. Yeah, that, that, that was super impressive from the Saints. They definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, it was just an absolute rampage that last quarter. I remember seeing the scores on the phone and the Tigers are up and I thought the Tigers will, uh, would hold on here. But then, yeah, the Saints went absolutely, um, yeah, went nuts in that last quarter. And Max King on fire, getting some interesting comparisons uh, post that game, which we'll, we'll also talk about. But he was very good and um, even Brad Crouch was really good for the Saints. It was probably one of his best games since crossing over from there. So, but... Max King is the the flavor of the uh, of the weekend. It it, uh, it seems from a lot of pundits out there. Oh, he absolutely is, and rightfully so. He had a fantastic game. I'm not denying that, and I'm probably going to sound real salty right now because you know he dismantled our backline. But the the comparisons of Max King to Buddy Franklin that I've been seeing these last couple of days, saying King is the next Buddy, is an insult to Buddy Franklin. I mean, he's going to be a star, Max King, no doubt in my mind. But to even compare him to Buddy Franklin, arguably the best forward we've ever seen, is is a joke for me. And someone even, I think, called him the best forward in the comp right now, mm. which he's not. I mean, I know no. you'll say this, but I think Harry Mackay's a better forward than him. Jeremy Cameron's a better forward than him. Tom Hawkins is a better forward than him. Yeah. Like, I could probably name a few more as well. I'm just saying he's a gun, but he's not yeah. He's not that level of good just yet. No, and he, I think we were pointing it out. He's had games where he's kicked... One four and one five. He's not as that you know. He's when he's hot, he's hot. But if he's not on, then you just don't know what to expect from him. And I think until he finds that consistency, we can't be comparing him to some of these big names, especially Buddy Franklin. Yeah, I feel like he's definitely still a work in progress. I feel like he, he is gun. Like he's 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 definitely getting better every season he's been in the competition. And I think he's going to be eventually will be one of the one of the best forwards in the game, um, if not the best. Not right now. No, no. I can definitely pick a handful of forwards that are better than him at the moment. Not taking anything away from the way he's been playing. He's been, he's been great. But I just don't think he's quite at that level just yet. No, I mean, he's had two brilliant games in a row. I'm pretty sure last week he kicked four goals as well. And I think yep. in a three in the space of two minutes. Yep. Like he's, he's, a, he's a star, like no yep. doubt whatsoever. Um, but just, yeah, these comparisons that I've been seeing have been blowing my mind. If I was Buddy Franklin looking at this and seeing that apparently this guy's the next you, I'd go, this guy's not kicking a thousand goals. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I just you don't see the, I don't see the, yeah. the similarities whatsoever, um, and yeah, to me that's that's quite frustrating. Yeah, no superstar, no doubt about that. But just yeah, don't think he's quite at that. You know, best forward in the competition, Buddy Franklin in the making, top nah. player just yet. But nah, no chance. Um, but wouldn't surprise me if he gets there uh, one day. All right, mate. Let's move on to round four. Some big big games this weekend and. Still got the Thursday nights happening. We've got Port Adelaide and Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval, as we spoke about earlier. Port 0-3, Melbourne 3-0. and Quite easily the best team in the competition at the moment, you'd say. Oh, Port, they dropped this, which you know, we're, we're probably expecting them to. It's hard, to, honestly hard to see Melbourne losing a game this year the way they, they've been playing. Do you give them any chance? No. Nah. No, nah, I don't. Normally I would say Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide, but Hawks smashed them there and they just lost to the Crows. We... I know it's their home ground as well, but it's no. Nah, I, I don't give them any chance against the D's. No, no. I think the D's... It's a pretty quick one for mine. Yeah. <laughs> Just skim over it. Uh, Friday night, we've got Geelong and Brisbane. This will be a good game. 
Huge. At GMHBA. This could honestly be a tale of whichever stadium it was being played at would yeah. be the difference in who's going to win. And this one's being played at GMHBA, so Geelong's home game, which definitely gives them the advantage. And I don't lose very often down there at all. Um, but I'm going to go out in a big call and say the Lions are going to beat them. I still think yep. the Lions are a better team. Um, and if Geelong do what they did last week against Collingwood and sort of let Brisbane get the, the leap over them. Brisbane aren't going to let Geelong come back like they did against Collingwood. They're, Brisbane are too good of a side for that. So I think the Lions will get them. Yep. Lions as well. I think, yeah, Geelong much better on the weekend, but Brisbane, well, they are looking ominous. And, uh, yeah, I think them and Melbourne are the two best teams in the competition at the moment. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we've got Sydney and North Melbourne. Just a quick one here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how anyone would mount a case for North in this situation, especially at the SCG. Could it be back-to-back 100-point losses? Oh, it could be. That could be a, mm. a big call. That could be a big call. I'll save it. You save it. <laughs> I might have already said it. Yeah, you might have already we'll said it, it, but we'll save it. We'll save it. But yeah, now Sydney, yeah, by a country mile for yeah. me. Uh, Saturday, Twilight, we've got Collingwood and West Coast at Marvel. Why Marvel. This I'm not. This is, doesn't even concern me, and it's because you blokes me. are playing at the G that same night. I know, but why fixture it that way then? Have <laughs> have the next, that game on a Sunday? Why is Colin, like, I don't understand why like clubs who have their home games at the G have to have some of the, like one home game a year at Marvel Stadium. No one wants. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, either way, it doesn't matter who's going to win because Collingwood will take this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to mount a case for West Coast against anyone at the moment until they get their full squad back. So. Yeah, Collingwood for me as well. Richmond and the Doggies at the G, as we just said, on the Saturday night. This is going to be a very interesting game. Both teams, one and three. Um, yeah, you, I mean, either team really can't afford to be one and four, to be honest. So it's going to be um, a, a very interesting battle Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be huge. I mean, it's hard to hard to pick Richmond at the moment after what we saw against St Kilda. But for me, it just depends on who Richmond gets back personnel-wise. If we get couple of handy inclusions that we're potentially going to get, then, you know, I could give us the edge because we do tend to get the wood over um, the Bulldogs. We did last year when they were flying on top of the ladder and we were nowhere near it and we somehow beat them. So I've seen us do it before, especially at the G. I'm going to go the dogs, though. I mean, how do you look past the dogs at the mm-hmm. moment? Like, they're, 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 I think they've found their bark again um, yep. and they'll be, they'll be roaring for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the dogs... Just, I think the Tigers, being at the MCG definitely helps, but I think the Bulldogs just, uh, I feel like, yeah, they've got their form back and they'll get the job done there. Also on Saturday night, we've got Frio and GWS, which will also be a good game at Optus Stadium. I think it'd be very tight one, this. Hard one to pick. This could be one of the better games of the round that we see. Yeah. Um, Frio and GWS. And being at Optus Stadium, you just you always lean towards the WA home side, but I think the Giants are just a better team at the moment. Um and I'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna give it to them. I reckon they're just gonna get the job done. I'm gonna go Frio just because it's at Optus Stadium. They were impressive in the in the derby, um, so I think they'll get the job done there. But yeah, very hard. I think it's gonna be a real tight contest up there. Uh, Sunday Arvo, we've got Essendon and Adelaide at Marvel. Another interesting game too. Yeah, geez, I mean Essendon need to win this. Yeah, don't they, they do. They can't really afford to drop this one and. Adelaide are sort of, they're almost scary because there is no pressure on them to do anything good. They just play the footy they want to play and there's no real backlash as to how they perform. So it's scary, but yeah, I, I don't see Essendon losing at Marvel against uh, travelling Adelaide. Yeah, I think Essendon have to win. I mean, there's been the excuse that they've played some, they've played three decent teams to open the season. Um, so yeah, if they, if they can't beat Adelaide at Marvel, then I think it's, you know, I think Essendon are probably as bad as what people are saying if they can't beat Adelaide. Yeah. But I don't think they are, they are as bad as what their, their latter position suggests. Well, they did really only have that one bad loss to Geelong. Yeah, they the lost Geelong by 60-something points. Yeah. Then they played Brisbane the next week, and I think they got within 22 points, yeah. I believe it was. And then on the weekend, obviously, they played the Ds, and they lost by 29. So yeah. respectable margins against teams like Brisbane and um Melbourne, yeah, but yeah, that Geelong one was probably the embarrassing one. But I don't think they'll lose to Adelaide over there the, at Marvel. Yeah, uh, Hawthorne and St Kilda at the MCG. This will also be another great game. Yeah, Hawks going to be looking to bounce back really strong. Yeah, or St Kilda just going to continue that flying form. It's going to be a real tough one to pick, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. At Hawthorne, are they still going to be able to be without McAvoy? Because that's going to yeah, be big. I think he's going to be out for a while. I think. Yeah, well, with St Kilda with Marshall. And Paddy Ryder back in the side now. I just yeah, I reckon Saints will get this one. I think that Ruckman duo really helps. 
And I reckon they're going to provide the midfielders with a lot of good delivery. So, yeah, for me, the Saints. Yeah. Oh, I, I wanted to pick the Saints, but I don't know. I think being at the MCG sort of sways it towards Hawthorne. I think St Kilda love Marvel. Um, and then the Hawks. Man, they were, they were pretty good yesterday at the G. Um, and they have been good, you know, the first three rounds. So, I'm going to go the Hawks. I like that. Yeah, a tight one. Good. Tight one. Good. Yep. Good. No, it's good. I like when we disagree. It's, you know, it doesn't look like we're just following yeah. each other's picks. Make it's sure we disagree on this last game then. I think I do already. Gold Coast Carlton at Metricon. Mate, they're your bogey team. <laughs> oh, no. Gold Coast are the bogey team for the Blues, mate. They are. They actually are. Metricon yeah. Stadium as well. We hate playing them there. Mate, and the Gold Coast, they, they, like I said they last like week, they're trying there. to make Metricon that fortress they've been looking for it to be. And this would be a massive statement for them if they could do it. You think they will? I don't think they will. <laughs> I thought we were disagreeing. Yeah, like I want to disagree, <laughs> but I, you know, if I'm being genuine, I don't see them beating yeah. Carlton at the form that they're in at the moment. But, geez, I mean, if anyone was going to do it, you know, do pull an upset this week, I think it would be the Suns purely because they are your bogey team and it is in Metricom, which they do love. But I still think the Bulls will win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we simply have to win this game. Um, yeah, it, yeah, we can't be going three and zero, then dropping a game to the Gold Coast in round four. Um, that would. That would definitely um, be a step backwards. So, yeah, I think we have to win. But, yeah, I'm definitely not confident just given our, our recent history against the Suns at Metricon. We uh, always lose there by either a kick after the siren or a, a goal in the last minute or the last 10 seconds or or we get pumped. So, um, but, yeah, hopefully this uh, this new Carlton team in 2022 was uh, is different to that and, and we get the job done and, and go four and zip. Could you believe it? Crazy. No, no, I couldn't believe it, that's for sure. I can't. <laughs> you can't. All right, well, let's uh, move on to everyone's favourite segment. It is Cry Me A River. Yep, yeah, we're back. With, thank you, JT. Yeah, we're back with uh, Cry Me A River. I do want to thank JT for that one, for giving us the rights to use that song. It's an absolute priv- privilege to use that. Um We'll get into it. It's I had a few that I was ticking over my brain this week and seeing which one I wanted to use the most. And I landed on flopping purely because it affected the Richmond game on the weekend. So it affected me a lot more personally. But flopping in general is one that shits me up the wall. And I'll start by saying the incident that brought this to my attention was the Marlon Pickett um, little, little push and shove with uh, St. Kilda's Dan Butler. And if you look at the footage having a good old push and shove, classic football, um, nothing untowards, just pushing, shoving. Marlon gives one more push. Dan Butler decides to drop like a sack of shit and hit the ground. Umpire pays a 50-meter penalty to Ben Long, who's just outside the 50-meter arc, goes straight to the goal square, kicks a goal. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason Richmond lost the game, so I don't, I don't know I'm going to get people going, oh, you just salty, you lost. That's not the reason. But that is just such a bad look on the game. And yes, I'm aware that Dylan Grimes has been known to do that before. So I'm not, you know, I'm not biased and think that Richmond players don't do it because they do, but I don't enjoy seeing it regardless. I think it's a bad look on the game. It's 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 a form of cheating, really. Because if the umpire's not watching closely and he just turns around and sees you've dropped like a sack of shit, well, you don't do that, you know, normally unless you've been hit pretty hard. So that's why they give the free kicks or the 50-minute penalties. And I think if you're milking those, it's there's a difference between being clever and bending the rules and just straight out cheating. And I think flopping is straight out cheating. And I, do, I don't like seeing it in the game. Yeah. No. I like it, mate. That's good. You like that one? I do like it. Yeah. I mean. You did, you saw the damn button. Yeah. Did, what are your thoughts? Because like, I, I could have a biased opinion. So I no. want to ask a mutual supporter. Did you, did you think that was a flop? Or do you reckon? Yeah, it was definitely a flop. Because okay. they, they, they were pushing and shoving each other for you know, 15, 20 seconds before that. Butler just decided to fall over on that push. And if he got paid a free kick, if Pickett fell over, it probably would have been his free kick. Yeah, so but I guess some. Yeah, and that, that's what was. That's what bothered me because you could see Dan Butler gave Pickett a real hard shove, and Pickett turned around and went bang one more. Yeah, and he dropped, and it's like, come on, mate! Like yeah. push and shove is a part of the game. Don't then you're gonna you're gonna take it out of the game by doing that because people aren't gonna even bother with it anymore if they know that someone could just drop like that and give away a free kick. So it's you know it's a part of the game. Let's leave it like that, but not the flopping. Yep. I agree, mate. That's uh, that's a good one, and hopefully get stamped out. I mean, they they're giving out fines for it. So if he doesn't yeah. get fined, damn, but like that because it's the only incident that I saw over the weekend. There could have been others, but if he doesn't get fined, then it doesn't really send any kind of message, does no. it? It just lets people get away with no. it. Exactly. And you have to be, you know, blind to not know that that yeah. was a flop. Yeah, no, exactly. He got up and laughed. He did. Yeah. 
So. Well, were they ex team? They're ex teammates too, aren't they? Um, just. I think just. Yeah. Yeah, I think just well, for half a season. Yeah, well, because that's right. Yeah. Came through halfway through the year, so yeah, just. But Dan Butler didn't play any games in the back half of that yeah, year. So true. All right. Do you want my big call? I do want your big call. I mean, I mean you kind of gave it away, but yeah. we, we want the big call. The big call the is... The fans want it, the people want it. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Unfortunately, and it, it pains me to say it, but I do think Sydney will do a number on North and give them back-to-back 100-point losses, which will be disastrous for a young rebuilding team um, with a supporter base that is yeah, you know, crying out for improvement and... Um, see their team and win some games so but yeah I think unfortunately North are going to cop it again this week um, I hope they don't but I just yeah I think Sydney coming off a loss as well will uh, be eager to to bounce back do you yeah. see Buddy kicking the magic 13 again 13 13 he, he did that against North didn't 13. he 13 yeah. he did it Thanks, was Hutto. yeah thank you very yeah. much that's actually uh, a, a favourite of uh, our, our good friend Nick Conton who was on the show just before Yep. He, he loves that uh, broadcast call. And for Does those he? that know why, they know why. And yep. for those that don't, I'm sure you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> but yeah, that's he loved it. Yeah, but, but he was still at Hawthorne at that stage too. He was, yes. Correct. Um, yeah, so that's my big call. And that's pretty much us, mate. Uh, round three in the books. Round four coming up. Footy's great. Love and life. For some. For some. But you I know mean, what? I was talking about it with someone the other night yesterday while we were at Piggy Goo together at that picnic festival we attended. And... Uh, we were talking about it and I was just saying, you know, footy has the ability to absolutely rip your heart out and it has the ability to make you the mm. happiest person in the world. And I think that's why we love it. Even when you're losing, you know, and I'm going on a bit of a down slump at the moment with the Tigers, but you just, you keep going every week because it's what you yep. love. And I think a lot of people will feel the same way that we do. I know we're in the similar boat in terms of our passion for the game and it, uh, it, in, it, in, it sparks something that not a lot of other things can do. Exactly. And it brings people together. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great... It's a great conversation starter. You can talk for hours about it, and um, and you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to catch up with people, whether you go into the game or go into a pub or go into someone's house to watch it. Like it's just a, it's it's great. I mean, you made so many friendships and um, and and so many memories just from from the sport alone. So um, it's crazy the the amount of emotions you go through. I mean, I had all different emotions during yesterday's game and. Hopefully, there's not not too many like that. But at the same time, that's what that's, we love it. You know, that's what we that's what we love about the game. How we can bring you so like bring you so far up, and then also bring you so far down. So it's um it's One great. Of a kind. Yep, absolutely. Um, but that's it, mate. Uh, yeah, it's nice to end on in a bit of a, an emotional note like that. And uh, yeah, it was very <laughs> randomly, uh, yeah, inspirational. And not uh, sure where it came from, but we love it. Um, Bit like footy, mate. That's that's what it is. Here we go. <laughs> We're back. We're back to where we started. Not again. Not again. We've done it once. That's enough. Let's, okay. let's move on. Let's All move right. On. Let's wrap up. Spotify, YouTube, podcasts. You know what to do. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, good or bad. All the good stuff. Whatever you and please. And bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll chat after round four.